0: This is just another Hallmark holiday cooked up to sell cards. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson's Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy Valentine's weekend to you. I'm Gary Mans. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. And we are Mance and Mitchell. In your ears for the hour, we are accompanied by Nathan Miller at the board. He keeps us on an even keel with his accuracy that is not unlike Cupid's arrow. It's just amazing the work that man does. And he successfully predicted he overcame my doubts in the course of last week's opening conversation by saying, look out for Tom Brady and those Buccaneers. And I thought, well, it's nice to hope they're the local team here, and we would like to be a city of champions. It doesn't happen very often. Lo and behold, they did it, and in fine, convincing fashion as well. So, Nathan, you are officially the swami. Oh, thank you. I know I did say it's going to be a high-scoring end on both sides of the spectrum, but I guess all that both sides went over to Tampa Bay. Yes, it did. And uh, quite the surprise in the way that – the game unfolded, but there you are, Tom Brady, 43 years old. And of course I have many years on him, but a 43 year old guy saying he's going to be back next year at 44. man, I'll tell you, he must, uh, did you ever hear of a product called Geritol? No. Before Nathan? Okay. It's an old product. Did you ever hear of a guy named Art Linkletter, Nathan? (laughs) (laughs) They would have these afternoon shows like Art Linkletter's house party. And one of the sponsors would be Geritol. It keeps you young. Yes, and apparently uh, Tom Brady has quite the stash of it. That was something else to watch. Absolutely, maybe Suzanne Brett Favre was, too. Uh, yeah, Brett, that's right. There's he played a long one. time, and he didn't, you know, go into retirement yeah. until way after people expected. He uh, was mm-hmm. with the Green Bay Packers and went to the Minnesota yeah. Vikings and played yes. there a couple of years. And um, those guys, are, they're just uh, in a class all by themselves. Just amazing. So the Super Bowl is over. And as I said on yesterday's show, when it's the day after the Super Bowl, that's when I decide to get serious about the new year. And now the Super Bowl is played in February. So, I mean, I'm really giving myself that extra month, you know, to try to get used to the idea that I'm in a, a brand new year and I've got to get things underway, work on my attitude, work on my goals, and take up self development, which is the heritage of the Virgo in me, and part of that is relating to people and relating to them lovingly. So it just so happens we're fortunate each year at Valentine. I don't know how many day, how many years in a row this is on Valentine's 13. Day. Thirteen. And here the day before. It's nice when we catch her right on the day, but certainly right around it mm-hmm. to have Catherine Alice with us. She wrote a book that is still in print still very popular still very relevant and it is called
1: love will find you nine magnets to bring you and your soul mate together
0: and that's not just hype when you talk about magnets because there is this idea of the law of attraction we've all heard of it uh, how much we invest ourselves in it depends on the individual. But the idea to magnetize to yourself what you think about most and think about most passionately is essential to her work. She's got some mad props here. We want to get her on air right away. So why don't you read those, Suzanne? I'm going to read
1: the abbreviated version. That will work. Catherine Alice teaches and writes breakthrough material in the arenas of dating and love. Her approach stresses awareness and faith, and this positive, upbeat outlook has helped many singles enjoy their unattached status and thousands go on to find love. Catherine Alice lives in California with her soulmate, John, and four sons. And for the 13th time in our 14 years on air, we are very pleased to talk to Catherine Alice. How are you today, Catherine?
2: Hey there, Susanna Gear. I'm great. Thanks for having me. What a year to be talking
1: about soulmates and love and dating and relationships. You can't even see people with masks on and you can't date in a pandemic. So you've got your work cut out for you this year.
2: You can date and boy, have I helped a lot of people, but it's trickier. So I feel like probably my work was more needed than ever because I stressed having them come to you magnetizing rather than having to get out there and right now even now it's still hard to get out there you know
0: yes it is and at the same time Catherine with zoom becoming such a worldwide phenomenon it seems to me that a clever marketer would be able to in the area of trying to bring people together you know a lonely hearts club whatever you want to call it and not that, by the way, <laughs> anyway, the idea of a, the romance brigade, you know, a good marketer would be able to get people on Zoom with a limited number. You want to create some exclusivity and get people talking to each other with interest that can be gauged in advance. And within a certain age range, and it may be that you know, this is for people uh, under 35 and another group would be for people who are seniors, people who are retired, et cetera, people in professional groups, people with the same religious affiliation. And you could get those folks connected on Zoom to see what blooms from that. It's a unique opportunity during a pandemic.
2: Exactly. And I think it's very good because it kind of delays getting physical too early. You literally cannot do it. And so, therefore, you get to really see if it's a match before you go down that road. And that, and what you described is one of the main strategies we used this past year to get people together, and it worked very well.
1: You know, uh, Zoom has become the way for people to actually get together, as you said, without being in the same room. Uh, A girlfriend of mine is a host of a Zoom for her high school, high school reunion type folks during about a two, three, four year period of her high school where Mm -hmm. they've invited a certain number of people in. Now, she hasn't claimed that there have been any love matches made, but she does say that she gets about uh, 30 people a week and they're all talking about their lives and and you know I just I am in disbelief and yet I am so gratified that this type of thing is available where people can get together they can see each other they can talk to one another you can kind of get to know people at a safe distance and when you talk about how dating has changed over the years, boy, this is really a big change in dating, if, uh, if you want to call it to that, or, or getting together with people. And um, how do you do it?
2: Yeah, well, I've had so many people get together since the pandemic hit. I think it's heightened people's loneliness and therefore their impetus to want to find somebody. Uh, People have been galvanized to really start looking or realizing this is my missing piece because I'm lonely if I have to stay home. You know, I shouldn't handle this soulmate thing. And so therefore, we've had a bunch, a bunch of people getting together and many engagements even during this period of time. And so the biggest strategy, particularly when we were completely locked down, was what Gary was alluding to is either Zoom or FaceTime. Thank God it's now. Because right now we have technology where we still can be connected, if not physically. You know, in 1918, it was a different story. But uh, the the biggest strategy is just to meet someone online. You know, there's heightened online dating. So many more people online looking for love right now. Um, There's even like Zoom speed dating. There's lots of opportunities. Meet somebody online, FaceTime, Zoom, uh, talk on the phone, get to know each other. And when you're sure there's chemistry, which you can tell, particularly with a video component, you can tell to some extent, then they quarantine, they're in a bubble together. And so they get tested, they quarantine, and uh, eventually they do meet physically when they feel ready. And if it's still going, you know, they create a bubble. And so I've had people either move into one or the other's place um, or bubble between their two places and don't really see anybody else like that. And so that accounted for a lot of the, especially early romances.
1: That is very complicated. I mean, you have to go through a lot of steps to be able to get to that. And I would imagine the journey can be just as satisfying as the end result. I mean, just to go through all those things you have to go through to get into the same room with somebody, a lot of little steps.
2: And yeah, and probably more so it's more um, cherished in a way because people are so lonely the other nice thing is it kind of has ruled out a lot of the more casual flings and dating because you can't you you might be taking your life in your hands if you do that
0: is there such a thing as safe zooming
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i think it's pretty darn safe (laughs)
0: i i love that idea well hold on here wait a second breaking news suzanne what is this uh there's a note here oh,
1: we, we let have me a caller my chat screen oh, now this here. is
0: fascinating
1: caller wants to know about the loneliness of being quarantined is that okay to put them through
0: yeah well, oh oh is that okay
1: to put the caller through yes I mean, that's, sure why Let's not Let's go ahead nathan introduce our caller Well, and actually didn't get their name, but caller, go ahead and tell us your name and where are you calling from today?
3: Oh, I'm calling you from almost foggy San Francisco, and I'm David.
1: Well, thank you for calling,
3: David. Hi. So what I was going to add, you know, I heard you talking about, you know, the stress and whatnot, loneliness of uh, living in these quarantines. This did not have to happen. Uh, this, uh the spread of this, apparently COVID as a vaccine, or excuse me, as a virus, is actually pretty fragile. You know, basic soap and water will take care of it. If it's left alone, you know, on a counter or on the street or on a telephone pole or something like that, the thing will fall apart within two or three days. So if everybody had, you know, listened to symphony conductor, president, Trump from January 28th on, and he had told us all to settle down, just read a good book, watch a bunch of good videos. We might be able to get rid of this in, by a month and a half. But it would have been symphony conductor not a bad yeah, but
2: I, I just let me just interrupt you and say that here's the problem I work with people all over the world and so it wasn't just in the U.S. granted nobody took it seriously nobody did the right things and there was confused messaging too but I had people in Germany who got together and were completely they were locked down worse than we were um, you know at times and so it, it's kind of a worldwide mess up for sure we could have done it better but here's where we are, so now we have to deal with it, unfortunately.
3: I'm saying that this virus is actually delicate. You know, if you imagine, it's more like a mineral. It's not a It's not a living thing. It's more like a mineral that you're allergic to. And it's got a kind of a leathery coating on it. And the leathery coating keeps you from being a... Uh, a you know, uh, allergic to it, but if that that leathery coating, if it's inside your body and the leathery coating wears off, then it'll attach to you and give you allergic reaction and the pus is going to build up because your body's going to try to fight it and it, it basically turns your lungs into like dried out concrete and you drown in your own pus. David, thank thank you you for calling.
1: We're a little off topic, but I appreciate your calling. I especially
0: love that romantic imagery for Valentine's Day. (laughs) 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 All (laughs) right. Now back to
1: quarantining. And And from
0: San Francisco, he's calling. I find that intriguing.
1: Very good. Very good. Anyway,
0: thank you for the call.
1: (laughs) So now back to our topic of quarantining and how you can find love in a quarantine. Because let's, let's assume that that people are taking the virus seriously, and they're not wanting to spread it around. So I think that what you're talking about today, Catherine, with the various steps, you know, how do you find people even on Zoom that want to get together? Are there groups that are out there? I mean, people how do you start?
2: Yeah, Zoom introductions happen, and there's, you know, there's Zoom speed dating, there's, um, it's so cool, I don't know if you guys have done it yet on Zoom, but they, they do breakout rooms. And so you can go into an event, and because it's, you know, if you've ever been to a big event, it's like pages and pages of different faces. And you're not really getting to know them, but then they send you to a breakout room. Breakout room, and I've done this. Um, so people can talk in littler groups, and you really do. It's not really any different than physical. When you meet somebody in person, you're not exactly touching them right away, anyway. And right. so you're still seeing them. And yep. so, Zoom that works, and uh, and they do they use it for speed dating where they break out just into twos. Uh, you know, and, and if it's heterosexual speed dating, it's the guys and the women, you know, keep getting put together just for a brief conversation to get to know each other. And so there are ways to do it, and it's still pretty good bonding. I teach groups where we have Slack or Facebook groups, and people become lifelong friends from these things or lifelong romance. And so, you know, it's funny, digital meeting is not that different. There still is a bond. I just ask people to make sure you see them on video and hear their voice to make sure they're not a catfish
0: tell us oh, about it. now. that's i've never heard you use that term yes let's explain there.
1: it for anybody who might not know what a catfish
2: is if
0: somebody says Catherine, i think i'm being catfished what do they mean catfish
2: was actually is a show on mtv And it's if somebody is scamming you, either pretending to be somebody they're not uh, or um, worse, doing it for money. And and people, I've unfortunately gotten clients who had been scammed out of a lot of money because you can form an emotional attachment to somebody who you kind of create in your mind before you see them or hear them and know they're a real person. If you're lonely, that can be a vulnerability and so catfishing is taking advantage of that vulnerability in a very dishonorable fashion people have various reasons to do it but it's you know it's it's horrible and so i teach people very quickly how to never fall for a catfish again it's not that hard to avoid
1: i know one woman who got catfished she is a lovely lovely widow lady and some nice gentleman met her and talked her up and Sent a lot of emails back and forth, and then he needed to borrow some money for an operation. And uh, oh, I'm afraid gosh. that she sent it to him. Uh, and yeah. uh, that was the end of the romance and the end of the money.
2: Yeah, well, that's the problem. And if it, you know anybody listening could be susceptible to it. The easiest cure is to hear them on the phone and make sure their voice matches. If they say they're from Oklahoma, they have an Oklahoma accent, or they don't have a foreign accent anyway from the U.S. And uh, and then get it on video. Make sure they really look like the picture. They're, they you know their mannerisms are like what they said, and that their background even is you know what they described. Uh, So there's easy ways to avoid it, but that's the problem. And I feel like people have to know that I'm vulnerable because I'm single. I'm lonely and I have to be careful to not get attached to somebody before I've seen them or heard them or know enough to really know if I should be.
0: Hmm. That is a very, very useful explanation of the term. I had heard it, but I was only vaguely aware of it (laughs) because I'm, you know, I'm in a relationship going on 20 years now. It's not like I'm I'm in the market. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you know, but people will do it. And they it's especially dastardly when they do it plucking your heartstrings in order to get to your wallet. I, I just hate that kind of stuff. This is, you know, maybe someday when we all have heads the size of bread boxes and a conscience to match. There, We will have evolved out of this stuff, but everybody, not everybody, but everybody I know knows someone or more than one someone who is working an angle.
2: Yeah, well, you do have to be careful. And I think the easiest rule is just never send somebody money that you haven't met or or laid eyes on and heard. Uh, That's easy. It gets more complicated when you get involved with someone who could be a gold digger. That's not nearly as rare as this catfishing phenomenon. I mean it's not nearly as common
1: yeah oh easy to scam people over over the internet especially
0: when they're lonely if they yeah. haven't been partnered for a long time they're going to be i guess it used to be uh, heart hungry people were hungry now the word is thirsty as something with the ingesting romance there and people act thirsty and thereby advertise their vulnerability
2: yes definitely Luckily, I think there's a lot more romances and happy stories than these stories, but it's pretty easy to avoid that negativity once you, you know it's it's not hard to do. So
1: in your book, Love Will Find You, Nine Magnets to Bring You and Your Soulmate Together. I'll tell you what I always think about Catherine, and, and you can address this. It seems like if you have the right intention then you are well on your way to finding a soulmate. And when you talk about magnets, you're not saying, you know, go out, seek, search, find, hunt, you know, beyond the prowl, all that kind of stuff. You're talking about being in a certain way that your soulmate is magnetized to you. And I, I find that to be such a much more um, desirable way of looking at relationships rather than, you know, I'm going to go hunt him down somewhere. I'm going to go find him. I'm going to go seek him. I'm going to, I'm going to check every nook and cranny. There's a, there's a desperation about going out and taking that aggressive role that I don't find in your book. When you're saying being, be a magnet for love and let love find you. I just, I like the whole premise of the book, but where do you need to start?
2: Well, that's such a, thank you for that. And that's, it's such a good point right now, because if there's ever a time to magnetize, it's when you really can't get out. And, um, and what you said, the reason it doesn't work very well to go look for somebody like you're on the hunt is it's the wrong energy. You're getting a desperate a little bit. People are getting a little bit, uh, you know, like, this kind of have not energy that I have to go find it cause it'll never find me and I'll never find love. And it's just not the right energy. Um, and so the best, the best way to start is what you said, Suzanne, is just to set an intention. I mean, people after they hear us could go right down, I am ready and invite my soulmate into my life right now. And then take a little votive candle and light it and put it right on it. You know, that's a little ritual. I do some people poo poo rituals, but they really work. They've been, uh, Woven into the fabric of society and cultures for you know thousands of years, so they really works. Just to do that—that's a good start, right there.
1: When Gary was saying earlier, this is the start of his year after the Super Bowl. Where you know, he <laughs> have to be thinking football up until the Super Bowl. One of the things that Gary said he would really like to look at this year, as far as a a mental health practice is to do some visualization. And we've talked about it before. I, I'm, I can't say a particular conversation with you, Catherine, but you know we've talked about before about visualizing what you want, but you, you have to even do that the right way because half of you can be visualizing what you want and the other half of you can be thinking, I'll never get it. And so there, there has to be a, a matchup in between, you know, what it is that you're picturing and, and what you really intend, but also, can't you just visualize something that is so out of the realm of possibility that you're never going to get it?
2: I encourage people to do that.
1: <laughs> Good. Well, go ahead.
2: Because it's their limits that say, and they can't get it. It's not a reality. Uh, and so if, if they think it's just pie in the sky for whatever reason, then that's their limit. It's not the limit in the real world here. And so they still can get love. They still can get someone attractive and wonderful with everything they want and some bonuses. And so I don't think it's unrealistic to, to really expect a lot.
0: When we talk about the law of attraction, you know, this is, this is something I feared, Catherine Alice. I thought that over time, a phrase like law of attraction would become so commonplace as to be hackneyed. People would say, oh, that law of attraction, crap. I tried (laughs) that once and it didn't do a thing for me. I think that's just a way of these gurus and channelers to make money. And yet what I found, if I don't call it the law of attraction, and simply use certain techniques and make them regular practices for whatever length of time relative to your goals, I have seen remarkable things happen. Call them results, call them answered prayers, call them simple correlations where you can't prove that one thing led to another. Okay, I can't prove it, but I experienced it. And as a result, I've had remarkable things happen with meeting people connecting people, even drawing money into my life. And that's why this, this subtitle, the title of your book is Love Will Find You. But it's so instructive, this subtitle, Nine Magnets to Bring You and Your Soulmate Together. The interesting thing about living in this physical universe is that mentally, right, the stuff that we don't see in advance is what draws people together on the basis of shared interests or even... In fulfillment of an old expression, I know you've heard it: what you are seeking, or whom you are seeking, is seeking you. It's a, yeah, ultimately yeah. it's a spiritual and mental universe, primarily.
2: It's all energetic, yes. And you know your point about law of attraction. Um, you know the law of attraction. Like I think the secret uh, social media accounts, and also Esther Hicks, who is kind of the core of law of attraction. Hundreds of thousands of followers, thousands of thousands of likes for every post. If you look at Google Trends, law of attraction is actually going up. And my kid's high school newspaper written by a student was all about law of attraction. I couldn't believe it. Um, You know, but I am here in California. Uh, Anyway, I just agree. It's, you know, it is an energetic universe. Why do some people get everything and some people don't, even though they seem very similar? Uh, You know, and it's all your energy? Are you putting out an energy that will magnetize? Um, And it it does account for a lot of stuff that happens and you can't deny it once you start practicing. And you've got all these miracles and amazing things and synchronicity going on.
1: You know, a lot of times I think it is what it is that you are embodying. I I have a, a niece who seemingly has a charmed life, Mm -hmm. And when when you interact with her, meet her, get to know her, she has an expectation that things are going to go her way.
2: Mm. She, She
1: doesn't approach the world like it's against her. She approaches the world like whatever she wants will come to her. That's a very different mindset from a lot of people. And I admire that about her, that she looks at the world in that way. And, you know, if we are creating this experience that we're having, it would be a good idea to, to say to ourselves, you know, what I want is also looking for me and I'm sure I'm going to get it.
2: Absolutely. Well, there's, you know, obviously she's why a wise young one, (laughs) um, and she's, she's right on it. And I love what, you know, what Gary had said, the person that I am looking for is looking for me. There's nothing more powerful in, in, if you want love.
0: Accept the idea in your mind, say an enthusiastic yes, and give yourself some time to work on it in the workshop or play shop of your own mind. I, I kind of chide myself at times, Catherine, because I have seen the power of visualization for weal and woe, Working on my life, I was, you know, so afraid this was going to happen. I was so anxious it happened and then it happened. Well, who created that? (laughs) Me. And the same goes for a lot of the good things I've experienced. I was dwelling on them and I could build in details in my mind. I could see it, I could even hear it, I could smell or taste it if that was appropriate. And then these things happened in due course. If people could master that, they could master that part of the world they could influence. I, I'm a big, big believer, and I'm so grateful that your book exists. And I'm sure you'll agree with me that there is now a vast literature to help people get on this path.
2: Absolutely. It's increasingly popular, even the realm, for example, of life coaching. Now, surgeons will hire a life coach. Everybody knows that there's something to the energetic that we need encouragement. We need to be positive. We need to be on the right channel. And so it's becoming increasingly accepted. And it's a really great thing. That's why no matter what happens, I still contend the world is getting better.
1: Oh, I love that. And on that note, we are going to take our one and only break of this hour. We are talking with Catherine Alice, author of Love Will Find You, and so much more that we will talk about when we bring her back and do the marketing piece. In the meantime, on this Valentine's weekend, thank you for spending it with us. We appreciate that, and we'll join you in just a couple of quick minutes.
0: Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to MansonMitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests.
2: Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back.
3: I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but it's not. I hope she sees that soon. I act like I don't care if he comes to my games, but I hope he does. I used to hope he'd find happiness again.
1: Now I hope our marriage makes it. I hope Grandpa will get help. He thinks it's too late, but it's not. With everything that he's going through, I hope he sees a counselor. I just want my brother back. I hoped he'd get help. Stop hoping things would get better on their own. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a
2: ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action.
0: On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomes PR pro Steve Allen to talk about public relations and the fine art of promoting yourself. On Saturday, Lauren Archer
1: returns with fresh insights and some evergreen advice for dehypnotizing
0: yourself from false beliefs. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007.
1: We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150.
0: Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150.
1: Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest this hour, Catherine Alice from California. Catherine, we talked to you before when you had your house burned down and you were part of the fires. We've been talking Uh to you for all these years about love. And we always pick Valentine's weekend or right around Valentine's to talk to you about love because of your book, which is how we got introduced to you in the first place. At at this point, before we just continue chatting, I want to let our listeners know how they can get your book, how they can connect with you. And I gave kind of an abbreviated bio. So if there's anything else that you want to add about your current background and what you're doing now is the time.
2: Great. Well, the best place is just Amazon or Audible. Look up Love Will Find You, the book that you guys have. I love that you have. You still, after all these years, have this copy of my book. Um, and the biggest news is that I finally, one of my bucket list things to do was get an audio book out with my voice on it. And so I did it during 2020, during lockdown. I did the whole thing in our little sound booth. And, uh, and so it's available now on Audible. And um, anywhere you can get an audio book, basically, and that's a big deal. People have asked me for years, and I never did it, but now you can get it in audio.
1: I love that. Oh, that is great. A lot of people like listening to books. My neighbor next door is uh, losing his eyesight. He listens to books all the time. He that is
2: so it. smart if you're yeah. losing your eyesight, especially, but you can do it while you're doing the dishes and while you're driving sure. or working out. So I love audio.
0: I wanted to mention here, we got a little side note from Catherine. By the way, meant to tell y'all, we live in Florida, we know what that means, y'all, all y'all, <laughs> that I've known Kelly Sullivan Walden, who was on our show last week. Uh-huh. I've known Kelly Sullivan Walden since 1994. Now, get a load of this. You want to talk about high octane spirituality. Catherine writes, we were in the same practitioner class at Agape Church. Michael Beckwith is the senior minister there of worldwide renown. Practitionering is best explained by somebody who's been through it. I I use some of the techniques and I know my share of practitioners. Catherine, you and Kelly taking prac class together, as it's called. What was that experience like and, and what was it that was being delivered into your awareness in a way that you could use both personally and professionally?
2: Well, I kind of attribute everything that I am and have become to that. I went to Agape when I was going through my my divorce, like, you know, from my first marriage. And it was very painful. And I wasn't all that spiritual at the time. Um, but it was just such a, it was such a healing place. It was huge. Kelly and I were in a class when it was really catching on I think our class was like at least 200 people maybe oh more God. than that and tons of mm. people who you would know out in the world like actors and famous people were in that class um, it was huge and it was just the most happening thing I think in spirituality almost anywhere at that time and um, it was just mind-blowing it was such an opening for me it kind of started my spiritual journey and um, it kind of gave me my career. As it turns out, gave me love, gave me everything. So,
1: I um, I took the uh, a year of practitioner studies here in Florida before I moved to Seattle. And what what I know about it, which I can imagine you using, is that you know the truth. You know the truth for somebody else, and which is sometimes easier then they're knowing the truth for themselves.
2: <laughs> you know what's so funny, Suzanne, is that's that was our big funny joke in that class. Um, we kind of said it jokingly, but we meant it because all of us are like heart friends for life just because the profundity of the experience. But that was our joke. I know the truth about you. <laughs> we, 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 went, so we said that all the time and we meant it jokingly, but also very endearingly, like I'm seeing your truth even when you're going through your stuff or you're insecure or whatever it is, you know?
1: Well, that's it. And the stuff is the, the insecurities, the stuff is the self doubts, you know, I'm not really good enough. I'm not worthy enough, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we, we all carry around those sacks of things. And then you talk to a a practitioner, a spiritual practitioner, and they're, they're saying, no, 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 no. When I see you, you know, I see somebody loving and competent and confident and gentle and kind. And, and, and you go, who is that person? I want to meet them. because <laughs> Somebody can really see the good in you that's, that sometimes you don't see for yourselves. And, uh, and so, you know, for that reason, I think it's a good idea every once in a while to get with a practitioner and just allow that to well, unfold in your life.
2: Absolutely. It's true. And, and sometimes we all have our blind spots, no matter how evolved we are. And sometimes we need that other person to hold that space for us. So when I directed crisis support for Agape, which I did for many years, that was half our work is just holding that space of wholeness for the other person. We used to hold vigil even in court um, and be able to see the truth emerging beyond this kind of dissident experience.
0: I like that. (laughs) I wanted to offer you a suggestion. Take it for what it's worth, Catherine. Looking into it. In fact, I'm holding your book here. Love Will Find You, Nine Magnets to Bring You and Your Soulmate Together. But those words, love will find you. I am suggesting to you, and you owe me no percentage, no royalties of any kind. (laughs) I think it would be wonderful if you would write a sequel companion book to Love Will Find You how love found me. Oh, I like that. And I didn't even tell Suzanne about this. I I'm, I'm shocking the world right now by putting this right across the airwaves to you. And I, and yet I'm being very serious. I act like I'm talking lightly here, but I mean it. I think if you wrote a sequel that became a companion book to the original, you could collect any number of stories from people And there's another point to be made here, stories from couples who used your book, who counseled with you, or just people that you know, who used the magnets, and they found themselves mutually attracted, it worked out, maybe they could have been married 10 years by now, whatever it happens to be, Mm -hmm. I believe that would be a, a big seller, number one. But also it seems to me by meeting people from all kinds of backgrounds over many years that couples who stay together, who manage to keep those embers burning, have great stories about how they met. In the Arab world, they would call that kismet. We might Mm -hmm. call it karma, uh, destiny, finding one's soulmate. I find that people who have these stories, some of them are hilarious, some of them are born of tragedy, but whatever the circumstances, those romances burn on a flame that, that doesn't burn out quickly. It's a long-lasting flame of love based on how they met because it was so difficult, perhaps, so unlikely that they would get together in the first place.
2: That's so great. And you know what, even I I wrote all that down, Gary, thank you. Really, really strong idea. But one of the value, um, values of a book like that is to, to give people a template. You guys, I didn't realize, but you guys have been together about the same amount of time. My husband and I have been married and, um, you know, it, uh, People don't know until they find that, you know, before I found love and I'm sure before y'all did, you don't quite know what it means to have that, that partnership, that team, uh, and, and how good it can get because you've never had it. And so for many people, I'm always giving them case studies to try to create a template of how good it could be, how it would be to be in a functional relationship, which some people have never been in until they meet their person.
0: Yes, they bring out the best in each other and overcome the worst. How many times by contrast, Catherine, how many times have you met people who somehow and I just think that it's a certain perverse streak in human nature. I'm sorry, I just see it that way. How many people look at truly dreadful circumstances from 10, 15, 20 years ago or longer? And out of all of that, they will, in a way that shows me that men and women alike can compartmentalize their life, will talk about that time they spent the long weekend on Catalina and the choppy sail from Long Beach. And they went to Catalina and there was so much romance. Well, whatever happened to you two guys? Oh, he was in and out of rehab. And he started to really be hard on the, on the kids, you know. And finally, I just had to get away. I took the kids and I haven't even seen him for 12 years. And it was a, a question of just needing to get away. And I haven't spoken to him in so long. God bless him. I hope he's okay. And men have similar stories about the women in their lives. When that kind of thing happens, it, it shows me that for a reason that I still don't understand, but I think about it often. Today's misery becomes tomorrow's nostalgia. It's a trick of perception in the human mind, and I don't claim to understand it, but I hear this sort of thing from many people.
2: Mm -hmm. Interesting.
0: So when they're dwelling on how, how rotten things were, and yet they will pluck this one memory or another, and they wax nostalgic about it, there was something in their meeting call it destiny, call it working on your karma, something there that meant something to them, despite the heavy price, paying retail, as it were, to have that experience. That's why I think people, quite frankly, feel burned by love, and they approach it with a great deal of trepidation, because they remember with what great spiritual coin they had to pay for what little love they enjoyed earlier in their lives.
2: Yeah, well, that's something I'm always having to get people past. By telling them that when you meet the right person, it won't disintegrate like that. It's more sturdy than that. Uh, It's at a higher level. You don't have many of the problems you had with the wrong person. So I do have to, because they do get a little gun shy. And yet that's not indicative of what's ahead for them. Or it doesn't have to be.
0: It doesn't have to be that is the good news. You can make that decision. And one of the things I've heard you say this before during our interviews, Catherine, and that is if you want to have love, why not start by transforming, by choosing one day at a time to be the kind of person that you would fall in love with? That helps. If there are qualities we admire in another, it's good to ask ourselves, are we exhibiting those same qualities? Right. Otherwise, on what basis would we be drawing them in?
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: Are your, um, are your sons dating age yet? <laughs>
2: yes, some of them. Uh, I,
1: I know you have young children.
2: I, they're, you know, they're getting old, (laughs) Um, but like the youngest, no, uh, he, he had girlfriends when girlfriends didn't count, you know, when you hang out all summer and swim, but you know, you're too little to do anything. Um, and then I have, I have one who actually is stuck in Europe with, with his girlfriend, which is great because her family is so wonderful. And they're like in heaven in this little place. that's like a compound. Everybody has their own house, but they're all quarantined together. And, uh, and so it's been much nicer. I feel happy for him because he's got all this connection there and he's not alone. Uh, so, you know, that's good. And then um, I have one who's really shy. My boys sometimes are late bloomers. Uh, and, and so I have one who's shy and not quite there yet. But, um, and then one who, like the oldest one is a ladies man. He's married now, but oh my God, oh. it was hilarious. Doing what I do, watching him grow up, because he would always, like, if a, if a woman would break up, he'd be like, they're lost. And then he'd go to the other five that are hanging around. Like, he had <laughs> <laughs> he had such a sense of confidence, which I, I contend is called, I call it the universal attractant. But he had such a sense of confidence that he was like a chick magnet. And, um, of course, now he met his soulmate pretty quickly. And um, they've been married for a while and very stable and happy.
1: Well, good. The proof is in the pudding because I was wondering if mama was giving them advices in the dating scene.
2: Yes, I do. And, you know, because I'm their mom, it's a little harder to hear it, but I think it does sink in. And I contend that my husband, John, his whole family is soulmates. Every one of them found their soulmates, some later than others. Like his mom met her Soulmate at seven, age 76. She was with me when I met you guys because I got pregnant when on the day I signed my book deal, we were celebrating. So I ended up taking this tiny baby on book tour with me, and my mother in law came along and was absorbing all my material to baby hold. And then she met her soulmate like at age 76. So, oh
1: my gosh,
2: oh my gosh, <laughs> I know. but they're all soulmate like they're just romantics at heart. And so, my two younger boys from my husband. Um, They're just total romantic romantics. My tiny little guy is asking me, Hey, mom, do you have to go get married the minute you propose? Like when he was six years old. Oh, funny. (laughs) He's already thinking about proposing. It's like, okay. Yeah.
1: When my brother was five, he said he wanted to have a lot of children. He had four. That's, that's a lot. That's more than average.
2: Yeah. Four is a lot, but But he knew
1: that he knew that at a young age.
2: I think we know what we're destined to. And that is why I want to tell all your listeners, if you have a longing to be with your soulmate, if you want to find somebody, that means you have them. You, you know, we get these desires very early and it's because we're meant to have them. Just like your brother having the children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure my little guy will get married and have a lot of kids, which is what he wants and is already thinking about.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think that a lot of what happens in the single world is feeling the shoulds? I should be dating. I should have a soulmate. I should be more out there. Um, I mean, is there, I want it to be absolutely okay to be single. I spent a lot of years single and so did Gary before we ever got together. But, you know, is it, uh, is it okay not to have a soulmate?
2: Yeah. And some people don't. I mean, I also, I would have to join your club because I was a single mom for 10 years before John and I came together. Um, But yeah, I, one of the things I work with people is to be happy alone because we're all single sometimes for huge parts of our lives. And there are, is the occasional person who truly does not want love, excuse me, it would cramp their style It it just wouldn't be right. Those people probably don't have a soulmate. That's not their destiny. I find a lot of people really do want love, though. And if they want it, they get it for the right reasons, not for security, not for a booty call, you know, not for any other agenda, but just because they want that. They want love. They want a partner. They want to go hand in hand through life with somebody. And they absolutely get it.
1: And that, and you know, that love can take many different forms as well. People who absolutely love animals, they love animals maybe more than they love people Mm
0: -hmm. or people
1: or like a mother Teresa who, you know, love taking care of the sick. There would be lots of different kinds of expressions of that love. I I think one of the things that we kind of run into culturally is trying to put it in a little box Mm -hmm. and, you know, love really doesn't work that way.
2: Yeah, I agree. It doesn't. And some of our ideas out in media have nothing to do with what real love is, as we all know.
1: Right. I mean, the same way about families. I mean, I was growing up with, you know, Donna Reed and Fathers Knows Best. And, you know, you look at those families on TV. That is not what families are like. You know, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a construct of here's what an ideal family would look like, but you know, that yeah, isn't, yeah. that isn't real life.
2: And it could be a template to at least to show at least what family harmony might look like, uh, you know, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. It looks like many different things. And I think trying to confine it or put it in a box, love won't have it. <laughs> love will have none of it. There love knows no limits like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, Catherine, in the waning minutes of our hour together, people keep telling me it's never going to be the same. When all of this pandemic is over and we can go out safely again, things are going to change forever. They're changing now and we can't put that genie back in the bottle. How do you see all of that?
2: I see it very positively. And I think they're, if they're thinking it's going to be negative, then that's BS. I just have to call it out because after the 1918 pandemic, pandemic it was the roaring 20s because everybody was out and they could play and have fun and I think that that's what we're going toward. I also think that this pandemic has accelerated some really lovely things like being able to work at home and being able to do a lot of things virtually used to not could do. All the rules on that really accelerate like medically um, with mental health and so I think there are amazing positive things that are come out of it Uh, and I don't think it's going to change we have a short memory. I don't think it's going to change things forever by if, if anything, only for the good.
1: Interesting. You know, I I could have never have dreamt that I would have, I would be able to work from home to me. If I was going to work as a young woman, I was driving to a job. I was getting Mm -hmm. dressed, putting on a, an outfit or a uniform or, or whatever, and fixing myself up and going to a place of business And I was talking with another one of my nieces yesterday who said she just got a new job and it's entirely remote. And and I'm like, wow, I mean, I can't (laughs)
0: even imagine that I could just work from home all day. And when we say entirely remote, what she also told us is that one of the key personnel in this company works via Zoom, which is a very good meeting platform for everyone concerned, I guess. And this key person lives in Australia
2: wow yeah well that's it i have a couple of assistants i've never met and um i've worked with them for many years and adore them you know it's like you don't have to anymore and it opens up the world to so many more possibilities
1: it'll be interesting to see how things change
2: yeah i do think overall it's going to be good
1: and and what about dating are we still going to be dating this way, or do you think when we can get back together, it'll just be an explosion of dating?
2: I think it probably will be an explosion. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty introverted, and I still am dying to get out. Um, so I think that probably people will go wild. I have a feeling it's gonna, it's gonna be good. There'll be an explosion of babies and marriages because people are pent up a little and also have realized what they really, really want. People coming together with their soulmates.
0: I like that. And we will refer to those kids as the COVID generation.
2: Probably so,
0: Gary. How charming. I meant what I said, Catherine Alice. So it's been a delight once again to have you with us. Please consider writing that book. I would love to get my hands on it, and I'd love to have the first interview so that we can discuss the stories of people who made Love Will Find You work. And success stories are a lot of what Drive Talk Radio Anyway, it's a wonderful thing to contemplate that we can tell our story so as to inspire others. Nobody better for the job than you, Catherine.
2: Aw, thank you so much. Well, I really take that to heart. You guys are first on my list. I adore you. And it's just so good to, to connect again with you this year yay a great
0: pleasure love will find you nine magnets to bring you and your soulmate together katherine alice the author always an honored guest on manson mitchell stay tuned for jupiter rising coming up next have yourselves a great valentine's weekend everyone and stay safe out there